Spend your afternoon with Relevo Gilema Boja on 702. Let's walk the talk. 10 minutes to 2 o'clock, let's talk moonlighting, what it is and whether it is illegal or not. We take your calls on 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. We're joined by Labour Law Relations expert Yanni de Villiers. Yanni, how are you doing? I'm good and you, Lebo. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I'm thinking about the fact that in this really, really tough economy, so many people are looking for other ways to earn money outside of their primary jobs. Absolutely. And, and you know, you can't fault people for that. And as, as South Africans, we are enterprising and industrious people. Most of the people I know have at least a side hustle or a second stream of income. Um, and now it, the conversation is just at the end of the day to balance that if you are permanently employed by somebody. And, and ways to do that, as you rightfully said, in a, in a lawful way, um, which is where the trick lies. Yes. Okay, so maybe give us the definition of moonlighting because there's so many terms that are used um, that maybe don't apply, like a person saying, I have a side hustle. What would, moon, what would qualify as moonlighting? Well, moonlighting specifically refers to doing a job that is very similar or the same as the job that you are doing currently. Um, So, for instance, um, in in your situation, if you are uh, hosting a a talk radio show and you go and you host another talk radio show at another station, (laughs) at another station, you would be moonlighting in a case like that. I got you. I got you. So then do we assume, right, that for everybody who is working somewhere, it, it is in their contracts about not, you know, giving any information to competition, not doing anything with competition, um, or does the law already automatically cover a person who is an employer that you don't even have to specify it would be a given? In, in this case, what is implied in your contract, whether it says it or not, is that you have a fiduciary duty towards your employer. So all that means very simply, as an employee, you need to behave in a way that can be deemed trustworthy. So your employer needs to be able to trust you because by virtue of your employment, you are going to have access to that employer's information, mm. but also you give your services in return for a remuneration at the end of the day. Mm. So you need to be trustworthy and I think and behave in a way that is trustworthy. So whether that is in your contract or not, that's an implied term. But we see it so, so many times that employers use very basic um, employment contracts, which are fine. And there isn't even in the law that specifies that a contract needs to be in writing. It's just very, very good practice. We encourage that. But unfortunately, these kinds of issues aren't necessarily written explicitly into contracts. And then people assume that they can actually go and do similar work somewhere else or or whatever the case may be. Most employers, especially larger employers, will have either a contractual term or a policy that says if you have a conflict of interest, you need to make sure that you report that in a specified way to your employer. Mm. So something like moonlighting, for instance, that would be a direct conflict of interest. 
And there's lots of, of stuff. There's a, there's a, a labor court decision, um, specifically in the academic sector, where, and, and you know, most academics are encouraged. They need to have businesses on the outside. They need to understand how the real world works outside of the university gates. They're allowed to go and um, physically do work in their field. They need to make sure that they declare that. You cannot just take a position, presume everything is going to be fine, and then not declare it. Um, for me, as somebody who's I'm very passionate about labor relations, um, I, honestly, if you have that feeling like you don't want to declare it because what if the, the mm. employer says you're not allowed to do it, that is a red flag. Mm. That means that's a little bit of dishonesty. And what we said is we need to behave in a way that is trustworthy. I was um, reading an article about a gentleman who was sharing in the States that he's got two um, remote jobs and Mm -hmm. he took on the second job to just try and, you know, manage in this terrible economy. And so Mm -hmm. far he's managed um, to not get caught. Um, It's the same industry doing the same job at two different companies. He went on to say, and, you know, the person writing this article was also just continuing um, to say that many people are in his position that are working remotely because there's nobody standing over your shoulder. But he went on Mm -hmm. to say he even considered trying to take on a third job because the economy has been um, so bad. So in a scenario, Mm -hmm. let's say this person was caught and they are South African and they are caught doing the same job for another company. What does the law allow for the employer to do? Well, the employer in a case like that would probably argue that that is a breach of their fiduciary duty and then start an investigation, um, you know, in terms of their own disciplinary code and their own contractual terms as well, and then make a decision. So, you know, it's so sad because in a case like that, it would mean that somebody um, likely, if they are found to be in contravention of the employer policies and behaving in a way like that, they're going to, have, they're going to end up with no job. Um, they are probably going to lose this job as well as the job with the, with the competitor that they're working with. So it's at the end of the day, in your interest as an employee to make sure that you declare these things. So in other words, if you have an opportunity, if you have something in exactly the same industry, doing the same job you are currently doing, there is no way that your employer would give you permission to go and do that. Because that is against your fiduciary duty. You're acting not in the employer's best interest. Mm. It wouldn't be in their best interest to allow you to do that. If you do decide that you want to do something else, that's why I mentioned side hustles in the, in the start. Do something that's not in conflict with your employer's, um, with the business of your employer. We are never in a situation where you're competing with your employer and also something that keeps you busy outside of your office hours. Mm. That's the other thing. Your employer pays for your time. Um, that varies depending on what, what industry you work in, what level you're employed at and so forth. But if you're going to do something extra, make sure that it's something that can never be seen to be in competition with your employer and just declare it. Be honest about it as well. Mm. So um, when the employer finds themselves in this situation, what is the correct procedure that they need to follow? Because if they immediately, uh, immediately are like, nope, we want to immediately fire this person because we don't know what information they are passing on or using elsewhere with our competition. We want to be done. Is that an appropriate uh, a procedure that they can use or would you advise that they call the CCMA and have them give them guidance? I think in, in a case that 
It's, look, I'm always in favor of calling the CCMA. I'm a very pro-CCMA, and I know that they have very interesting and, and um, you know, useful information on their website as well, as well as for their call center. But in short, if an employer is in a situation like that, what they need to do is suspend the employee pending the investigation. If they are especially concerned about sensitive information being passed on um, or, you know, trade secrets being shared or something like that, the wisest thing to do would be to suspend the employee, do your investigation and then decide. It would necessarily go into a disciplinary hearing. The employee must have the opportunity to state their case and mm. to defend themselves before mm. you dismiss. Um, you know, in terms of summary dismissal, it's a complete minefield. It's better to follow the, the procedure. Although the law allows for, for a summary dismissal, I would advise rather do the suspension investigation and then a disciplinary hearing where you give the employee the opportunity to state their case because that, at the end of the day, if you are, if you are fair and you're acting in a fair mm. manner as an employer, that creates the, the case file that you're going to use if the employee decides to take a dispute to the CCMA as well. Oh, Yanni, thank you so much for enlightening us on that, Yanni De Villiers, Labour Law Relations Expert.